Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep the special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Scott. Thank you. Oh, there's two things here. Okay, interesting. Hi, my name is Scott. I'm a compulsive reader. Um, congratulations to all those for all the chips and Audrey. I've seen you um, grow in this program, so it's great to see you at 22 years. Um, okay, so here I am, and here we are. Um, let me just take a second to get the present. 1977, um, I was, um, I had a size 44 waist, um, and um, was 40 or 50, I don't even know at that point, pounds heavier, um, and wanted to um, either kill myself or use my kitchen knife to cut off the fat. That's where I was. Um, I was, uh, I was a, I was a, this is the kind of, um, Overeater, I was. I would go to go to the Seven Eleven or whatever the store. I'd buy something something in this hand and something in this hand, and I would drive using my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no ticket for that, though there should have been. Um, and um, and that's 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 how I knew to, to exist. That was that was what I knew to do. Um, my mother brought me in these rooms um, um, in 1977. Um, and um, she left the rooms, and she, um, you know, she continued her own journey. Um, huh. And so um, I couldn't get it for nine years. It was just, it was like complete mystery. Um, welcome to the newcomers. Um, um, it's an amazing journey. Um, it will transform every aspect of your life um, in ways that you can't imagine. Um, so welcome here. Um, so for the nine years I, I was in and I was out, I learned about how to drown my feelings in alcohol at that point, too. It was um, an effective um, a temporary, um, um, you know, thing to suppress my feelings. Um, and in 1998, um, 90, 86, sorry, 86, I walked in these rooms and I, and I found... Um, I found a guy, and he was glowing. He was just glowing with recovery. And um, I asked him, well, "What do you do? To, what did you do to get that?" And, and he he said, uh, "Well, I worked this this big book, this this 164 pages of the of this big book." And, and I said, "Work? What do you mean <laughs> work?" And, and he said, um, uh, "We go through. I go through it with my sponsor. We do the steps. There's." 12 of them. I hadn't heard that for the first nine years. I just, it was a, it was kind of an effective dating program back then for me. <laughs> there were 22 women to every man. So it's like, uh, hmm. So there was all that confusion layered on top of, <laughs> on top of an addictive mind anyway. Um, and, um, so I said, what do, what do you do? And I, and, I, and I actually asked him to be my sponsor. And he was, you know, he was six foot six. And, um, you know, he was thin. And I never got the six foot six part. <laughs> Although with this, you know, a couple of other inches. Um, um, 
But he said, let's work the program. You know, I don't really want to hear about your food. I'll hear about your food, but just as a course of things, but I don't really want to hear about your food. I just want to hear about your spiritual growth. I want to hear about, about how you're, you're reading this book and how you're working through the disease of compulsive overeating, which is, in fact, for me, a disease. It's, it's like having cancer. It's like having any other um, terminal condition. Um, because it has two parts. It, it has, and it was talked about in that book, it's in the doctor's opinion. I have a mind that says, uh, I actually have a, yeah, I have a mind that says, um, I'm not going to remember doing this, you know. And then I have a body that says, uh, once I've started it, I can't stop. So I'm in a hopeless condition. I'm in a completely hopeless condition. I'll eat this stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll feel whatever I feel. I'll check out. And, and I'll start craving that stuff. And for me, it's sugar. My thing is just, I'm a sugar guy. That's what I, what I can't, you know, I can't control. It's no, no stopping when it's on. Um, so he said, you have this addictive mind that basically, that basically forgets every time all the consequences of you eating sugar, you know. And, and you, have, you have an addictive body which, which um, causes you to crave the sugar, once, and once you start it, you, you can't stop. So you're, you're stuck. You're stuck. And I said, that's <laughs> kind of terrible. And then we went to the next chapter, which is Bill's opinion, uh, Bill's uh, story. And... Um, and he said, watch this, watch this and identify with the feelings. Because my thing is, like, to differentiate, like, I'm not that. You know, I didn't drink that way. I didn't, I didn't do that kind of stuff, so I'm not that. But he said, identify with the feelings set inside that story. And, and the feelings, you know, were, were of the same identical feelings I had. I could not stop. I was killing myself, you know. Three out of my four grandparents died by age of 35 from heart attacks. My father died in my arms from a heart condition. And here I was, if, uh, 44 uh, size waist, and not able to stop, wanting to cut off my fat, you know. And um, so I was in a hopeless condition. He said, let's work these steps. And, and I said, okay, yeah, you know, I don't know what to do. And I was actually willing to listen because he had exactly what I wanted. He had, he, he, when he talked, people listened. They actually listened and they paid attention to what he said. And, and I was the kind of guy that was always cracking jokes and, and this and that. And um, so they would listen, but they kind of go like, whatever, you know, to, to what, I was, what I was saying. So it was like, I wonder what this guy had. Um, and so I, I started working the steps. Um, the first step is we admitted we were powerless over, in my case, sugar, and that our lives had become unmanageable. Nowhere else in the 12 steps does it mention the sugar. Nowhere. But it does mention that problem with the unmanageable life. So I had this life that all I wanted was what I wanted. It, there was nobody else outside of that. You know, um, I grew up... Um, when I was quite young, four years old, I witnessed multiple murders. I had bloodshed all over and all that stuff. And at age seven, my mother had just lost a, a girl. Um, and my brother, anyway, she had just lost a girl, and um, she was a writer. And that was what she loved to do in her heart really dearly. And she had as her mentor, one of the best writers in the world. So she was, like, in preparing to launch that. And we went to his house, and um, 
I don't do very well with spaghetti because of the red, or I didn't do very well with spaghetti because of the red stuff and all that. So they said, well, let's have some spaghetti, and they had this beautiful shag carpet, and, and I said, I don't want any spaghetti, thanks. I didn't say thanks, I just, as a, a eight, seven or eight-year-old would say it, and my mother said, have the spaghetti, and so I did, and then I threw it up on the rug and started hysterically laughing as just a formation from that other stuff. And so she threw me to the ground and tried to choke me. And that's, that's my initiation to trust with women, you know. <laughs> so, so it may not have been a stellar beginning for that. Um, my introduction to, to, to groups was, was that, that whole thing with the, the murders and stuff. That was group stuff. So I was afraid of groups, I was afraid of women, and I was afraid of being with people because people were, in my estimation, inherently um, harmful. Um, so that's where I was stuck. Um, I stayed stuck there for a really long time. Uh, that happened when I was, sorry, four, and, and I held on to that for 50 years, more than 50 years. It became my sponsoring thought. You know, there's like there's what I've understood in my just in my journey is there's a thought we have that sponsors every other thought, and once we get to figure out what that sponsoring thought is and are able to work on it and change it, then all those residual things that become part of the pattern of addiction fall away. So the the sponsoring thought was it's an unsafe world, and people will inherently hurt you whenever they can. That was the sponsoring thought, which made sense given that whole history. But to maintain that idea for 50 years had enormous consequences on everything in my life. Um, I mean, I, I, would got even, I even abstained through that for, for 20x years. Um, I'm 28 years sober, or, you know, that and, and, and this. Um, and uh, and so, so I had this thought... And, and it, it, it held me. And finally, um, finally, I got to a place where um, in, the, in one of the inventory types, you, you do the, the four step, you do the, the first is who, um, who am I angry at? So I was resentful of all this damage and this, this people, especially one person. Um, the second part is what did they do? Third part is is like what part of myself was injured or, or was I having problems? But there's thir- the third part is the prayer, and the prayer is on page 67 in that book. It's God, please help me show the same tolerance, pity, and patience I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. And before I get to that fourth column, which is my stuff, I have to do that spiritual work. And I have to be free of that resentment before I inventory it. Because if I'm still in the process of being resentful, that's going to color everything about that inventory. So I said that prayer, and I was weeping for this guy and for this whole situation. I was weeping. There was no possible way I was going to get beyond it except the spiritual experience of of God, him, get him, it, she, whatever the, the verb, uh, the uh, pronoun is for that, um, interceded. And, and at some point, I, I could stop crying. And once I stopped crying, I could do that fourth part of the column and the fifth part, which is basically my part elaborated. And, and the, the, my part was that I hung on to that for 50 years. 
you know, at some point I could have stepped back away from that and said, I don't want to live this way anymore. But for whatever reason, that held me for 50 years. And that sponsoring thought at that point began to began to fall away. I work, I have, you know, sponsoring like 2 million 15 programs um, because of just the damage that happened and, and you know, that stuff. Um, and I worked with, with my sponsor, and finally that sponsoring thought went away. And, and I became able to be more free in my life. Um, because, not because. Um, so here's a guy who, who is between two knees is, is, is the steering wheel, and the two hands are, are things he's eating because... Because who knows why? Because I'm a compulsive overeater. I mean, all that other stuff may have happened, and, and you know, I don't know if that I don't know about causation because I'm not that smart about causation. However, however, I was that guy, and and I was the guy seeking to um, always find my own thing to to do what I had to do. Um, this still crops up, you know. It still crops up. I'm not perfect. Um, so I, I worked the steps, and I, I entered AA, Al-Anon, SLAA, DA, and finally my, I met a woman who I married, believe it or not, and we still struggle, but we are doing RCA, Recovering Couples. <laughs> Like so, so, and I've done steps in every one of those programs. It's it's like I've done 17 four steps because there was that much damage, and I needed to every single one of those. And I'm, this is actually my newest four step. It's it's um, it's a thing that um, basically I, I'm examining my thought, examining the thought and where it comes from, how it how it differs from what God might have, and where did intuition change and all that stuff. Um, it's just a different way to work inventory. Um, and I was 12 times hospitalized in, as bipolar um, and with four-point restraints almost every single time. Um, and so what does recovery look like to this kind of guy? Is it possible for a guy with that kind of damage to recover? Um, that had to be the question I, I could ask myself, or I, I should ask myself. Um, so I did the work. I continued to do the work. I still have do and still do damage at times. I get the opportunity to clear it up. Um, slowly, piece by piece, things began to fall away from all that damage. Slowly, I, I, I began to trust women, you know. I, um, my mother, God bless her soul, is uh, Al- Alzheimer's, and the only thing she gets is music. So for 10 years, I studied jazz piano when I became 50 and um, studied, uh, what you call it, um, oh, standards. And now when I, when I see her, I play her standards. And they all, she can sing along with those standards. That's all she can do. She can't, like, talk or anything. So it became like the living amends. Um, you know, I, had, I got to get compassion for her suffering, you know, for having lost a girl child and having lost her career seemingly all in that one moment. And, you know, so it was, there was all that. And it came together, and, and God bless her, you know, that's the way it happened. Um, but I didn't have to hang on to that. That didn't become the paradigm for living. You know, I, I got married to a woman in, in this program. We met in OA 30 
29 years ago or whatever it was, 27 years ago. And um, it's been rocky, you know, at times. I mean, we're both two addicts in, in a marriage. You know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange one. Um, and it's a lovely one because we both have the steps. You know, it's the only way that relationship can and continues to work. Um, you know, the physical recovery, um, I, once I got off sugar, um, it became possible for me to, um, to begin to work out a little bit. Um, and a month ago, um, I had arthritis in both feet um, and ankles and two knee surgeries and, and arthritis in my back, and I ran the marathon. Yeah. And here's the way I ran the marathon. I ran the marathon saying to myself, this is not my body. This is God's body. Every time the pain would come or the, the stress about running, it was, this is God's body. I'm just an observer here. And I'm not going to eat sugar. And throughout the marathon, they have these little sugar breaks. They have like cliff bars and, and this stuff. So I actually had, at, at mile 13, I had a friend in program bring me some coconut water kind of stuff. And then he gave me some, like, some other things that I eat that, that don't have sugar. At mile 18, I had a friend who's one of my best friends. He played saxophone for me. He's like a world-class sax player. And he played the Rocky theme. <laughs> right? And, and, and so he, and he shows up and he has the same stuff. He has the coconut water and the, and the stuff I eat. And then at mile 22, um, my brother and his, um, his daughter were there. And um, he also gave me the stuff. Um, and so for a guy who's like 44 size pants, I'm 34, 33 now, I don't know, um, to be able to come to a place of healing such that I've done the steps, I work with people, I help, I, I've, I've recovered in this program through finding a power greater than me. I was not the guy that had the power. The, the power was in the sodas and the, in the, in the candy and that. That was a power bigger than me. I needed to find a power bigger than the bigger. And the bigger than the bigger for me is an expression I, I call higher power God or, or nature or, or you know, sometimes it's just a breeze. Sometimes it's, 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 like, it's like the smell of ginger. I don't know. Um, the, the, the funny thing is for me, for me is that I, I now I'm a professional chef. It's like, go figure from that, right? Um, and life's, uh, 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 this program has given me a life that does not have to include damaging myself that gets to include um, finding a power so much greater than me that can solve every single one of my problems. That's what the big book says. It's like I find a, the, sole, the purpose of this book is to find a power that can help you solve your problems. Okay? My problems, problems, one was the sugar, but that was just a manifestation of self that, that, that wasn't able to be expressed anywhere else. Um, Every other single problem has been lifted. You know, I mean, I'm a bipolar. That means that that every so often, if I'm off my meds, I'm a, a wreck. I'm just a frickin' wreck. And and for me to to today be not a wreck, to be able to live in the world as the world presents itself, with friends and with support and with love, um, that's a miracle. 
that's and it's not a miracle actually it's exactly what's promised in that book in the first 164 it's promised in the, in on page 84 right? promises yeah. on page 84 it's promised that that all these things will happen and, and every single one of them has happened I mean from a guy who's locked four point restraint all that to a place of having you know, a profession, having a, um, a wife who I adore and a dog and a house and, and all these things for, from, from, from that. I mean, that's cash and prizes, but those are nice prizes, you know, and those are prizes based on spiritual condition, you know. Um, when we were looking for a house, we, we looked for two years, it was a stress, and then we started saying this, and, and this is what I might even leave you with, it's we are the house we seek. I am the recovery I seek. I don't have to go out there. I don't have to find someone else to, to, to be my whatever. I just need to find enough space to do the work, to sit with the work, to sit in the, the steps, to have friends who, who cheer me on, to have friends who, whom I've made, made amends to in, in the worst possible way, <laughs> but at least I've tried. Um, you know, it's, it's a life beyond the possible. It's a life that's the guarantee of the miracle. Um, and, and if you're new, all this miracle stuff, you know, here's the miracle. There's a guy that's 44 waist, I mean, um, that's now 33 waist pretty consistently for the past few years, that's now running the marathon. That's the kind of possibility that this program offers. Because I'm just another guy off the street, you know. I have some damage and all that stuff, but I'm just another guy. And I have no real special gifts. I mean, I have a few little gifts, but no real special gifts. The only gift I really think that I have is this power that's been given to me um, almost as a, like a lineage from Bill, Bill and Bob. Bob couldn't get it the first night. Bob couldn't get it, Dr. Bob. So he actually was drinking and he was going house to house to his patients in Akron while he was still drinking, making amends. And finally, after he'd made amends to everybody in his city, he never drank again. That's the power of these steps. That's what this can do for you. That's all I got. Okay, I guess we have some time for questions. I want to lose a little bit of time. If someone asked uh, <laughs> if I could talk about my spiritual practice, um, be delighted to. That's the center of things. Um, right now, I'm in the 11th step. The steps are sequential in order because they, they build upon one another. The 11th step is basically sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. And praying only for knowledge of this will and the power to carry that out. Um, I, uh, I'm now in a group that's met for the past um, three years every Tuesday. And we do spiritual reading that is both implicit in this, in what we do here, and, and um, explicit, or not implicit, but whatever, is a little bit outside literature. So we study spiritual literature every night for the past three or four years. And that helps me to find and define a power um, that's both greater than myself and within myself. Because I do at this point believe that we are creative beings, that we create a reality for ourselves through our thinking, that um, 
that expresses as our life. And so I'm trying now to find um, consistent practice where I can be spiritually centered throughout the day and throughout my life. Oh. <laughs> okay. So how have my uh, relationships with others changed? Um, for the first 20, maybe even 30 years of my life, um, I believed I was the only one around. I was in my bubble, and that was a self-protective bubble given my experience with um, trauma and stuff. Um, and the first trust that I had with someone else was with that first sponsor. And by, by initiating that trust, even in a very small way, I began to, to be able to trust others. My big thing is trusting people. I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at trusting people. Or I haven't. I'm better at it now. But um, so as I began to trust that sponsor and to see that this work actually worked, then I began to be able to expand that that um, area as I worked my ninth steps um, in person, not not by phone, not by email, not by note, in person. So I would actually have to confront my own damage. That opened me up to say that there's others that have done the same thing. I'm not so unique. Um, I still battle with, with trust issues at, at times. It's just a lot better. It's, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being it's terrible and 1 being it's perfect, I'm about at 2 or 3, you know. So it's pretty good. Thank you for the question. Eating sugar is the most important thing I do. Eating sugar. <laughs> Eat, not eating sugar is the most important thing I do in the day. Oh, her question was, how do I balance this recovery with other ones? Is that kind of like that? While you were working on other areas. While I was working on other areas. Okay, so this is the bedrock, okay? Without this, I'm a mess. I'm out drinking, I'm out whatever else. So if I'm just in that sugar thing, I'm a, I'm a mess. So this has to be the first thing. Um, and, and what I've learned is, is there's reasons beyond just all that damage stuff, there's reasons that I would eat sugar. One reason was because because um, I was spending money like an idiot. And and I was um, I was constantly in debt. So one thing had to become to work on that recovery as a way to support not eating sugar. Okay? When I drank, I was going to eat sugar free. I was going to do whatever I wanted to do when I drank. So I had to... I had to pull that away as a possibility. I mean, I also did the, the other people program, and that was good for a, for a bit. I just, at, at some point, I got a little overwhelmed with, like, too much work, and I just pulled it back just to OA, you know, because OA is the center of my life as far as as far as far recovery piece. Um, I also, what, what, I, what happened for me, and this is maybe just unique to me, is I studied ancient Japanese and Chinese medicine through food, and began to know what food would do what. So that became part of my thing. Um, having a, a wife, um, one year into our marriage, we were ready for divorce. We were standing on the, the, the uh, Santa Monica Pier, and we were just saying, this has, been, this has been hellacious this past year, and I won out. Both of us were saying that. And, and that was 20 years ago. And then we got interceded and said, I don't know what he or she said, because I don't know if they, they talked, but anyway, uh, 
we found a program that's for couples. And for 20, the past 20 years, we've been going to a couples program. So we've been actually sponsored as a couple by another couple uh, as a way to relieve that, that, um, that incessant fighting that can happen. I mean, it's still a work in progress, you know. Um, so each, each area that I found that I had damage in, I needed to be willing to explore the recovery from that. Because if I'm, if I'm, um, if I'm fixated on something and I'm, and I'm, it's not working, that can draw me back to the sugar, you know. Because sugar is an, that instant heroin. I mean, they actually, studies actually show the same part of the brain being located, uh, being lit up with hero, with uh, cocaine and sugar. It's the same neuro center. So it's like, okay, yeah. Does that help some? Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. So what tools do I reach for when there's um, difficulties, maybe? Yeah. Um, well, I'm... I've been blessed with the ability to call people, so I try to call people. And sometimes I'll even call people that can help me. Some, sometimes I'll just call my sponsor, we'll talk about the Lakers. And that's what I need. We'll just talk about the Lakers, or the Celtics in this case, these days. But uh, um, anyway, the, uh, so, so I, I find that. I also take naps. I'm a huge believer in taking naps. When I'm stressed out, I, I'll just hit the hit this back for an hour. I'll actually time it though, because if I'm on a four-hour nap, that may not be a nap. That may be a depressive cycle of some kind. Um, so I'll time my my nap. Um, I'll, I'll pet my dog. I'll light, lay down with my dog and put her under my arm and pet her. You know, um, um, those are some things I do. I also love to cook. I'm a professional chef, so I'll, if I'm really in a, a space where Nothing's working. Sometimes I'll just cook a, an incredible meal for my wife so that when she gets home, she has this, like, this thing. <laughs> and, and I will, too. So, but kind of selfish, too. But, yeah. Does that help? A little bit? Okay. Oh, you want to hear that process? Okay. This is not sanctioned. This is my process. Huh? Oh, what, would I repeat that process that I use to get to my thoughts? So this is this is um, this is my own thing. So this is not like sanctioned somewhere. Um, take any thought, honestly trace it back as far as it goes. That's one. Two. At what point, if any, was there a belief that I'm either separated or more powerful from God? That's two. Three is what part of the thought originates in love and which originates in fear? Three. Four is uh, what are the signs or signals that mark the fear or separation? Five is what intuition was present that I ignored when I made the inefficient choice? I don't call it like a bad choice. I call it inefficient because bad becomes a judgment and judgment gets all weird with me. Um, how can I recognize a pattern for the future? And the last one is what affirmation can emerge out of this? So the end of the whole process becomes an affirmation I can use throughout that time to, to ameliorate that thought. Thank you. Okay.